All right, welcome back in to the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Lovell, and yes, uh, we're back here after a uh, short hiatus and a good time to come back, although um, for some people, uh, maybe an interesting time uh, when you think about everything that's going on right now in the world of professional wrestling. We're coming off of WrestleMania, and uh, that is not the big topic at this point because uh, Andrew Thompson is my guest from Post Wrestling, and uh, everyone who's listened to this podcast before knows we've had Andrew on several times. And uh, Andrew, welcome in, and let me say this. uh, When you and I decided to schedule this podcast, uh, we had no idea what we were going to wind up talking about, did we? Uh, We were expecting to talk a lot of WrestleMania and maybe the fallout, which we'll still do some of that, but uh, we have a little bit bigger discussion uh, here on our hands, too. Had no idea what was coming, but yeah, man, Blake, it's always a always a pleasure to do these podcasts with you. Like, have we spoken about we spoken about it privately? It's always fun to do these. I always a joy uh, when we get to hop on these podcasts, man. So, yeah, uh, but yeah, it's uh, definitely quite quite the quite the quite quite the long day, man. Unfortunately, you know, you know, a lot of people lost their jobs, but I think a lot of people are seeing the the uh, the upside of, of what could come out of this once these people get past their uh, ninety day uh, no compete. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, obviously, I'm sure most people listening to this already know, but uh, it was release day in WWE for the second straight year on the exact same day, and we'll get to that here in a second. But uh, yes, uh, the list, at least as of right now, Andrew and I are recording on Thursday night. Uh, the list is uh, Samoa Joe, Mickey James, Billy Kay. Peyton Royce, Bo Dallas, Wesley Blake, Kalisto, Tucker, Chelsea Green, and I think Mojo Raleigh was a Mm -hmm. late addition to that list. So um, a pretty noteworthy group here, Andrew. And and as we'll go through, you know, most of these and kind of discuss maybe what we see, and we can probably group some of these in together. But let's start with the big one. I think this was the one that probably caught most people by surprise, and that was Samoa Joe. Um, someone who, as we know, has been used in WWE in a more, um, you know, non-in-ring role here recently. Uh, we've talked about the injuries before and uh, him being sidelined for a bit, but, you know, they've used him in commentary. Um, they've used him in different interview roles and that type of stuff. And and I thought he just did such a great job in the, you know, non-wrestling stuff in terms of him not actually being in the ring, like his interviews, his commentary. I thought he brought just a lot for them, but... Andrew, you and I are both going to agree on this. My guess is, and look, this is total speculation on my part, but we've seen this before where maybe WWE doesn't want to clear someone to return to the ring, uh, Mm. maybe due to injuries and such. And look, again, as I'm saying, pure speculation on my part, but I don't know if that played a role here or not, uh, but I could see certainly a scenario where maybe that was the case and maybe he just wanted a fresh start elsewhere or... The more, I guess, sort of mind-boggling one is that WWE maybe just did not see a spot for Samoa Joe moving forward, which I don't know how I could I could even figure out a way to explain that one, to be honest. Yeah, uh, like, like you just said, uh, I don't think anything has been, you know, confirmed as far as, like, his reasoning behind uh, his departure. Like, it could be either Joe winning out or WWE, uh, you know, just, just like you said, saying that they don't have a spot for him right now, you know, which I also think is kind of, kind of crazy. I think a lot of people were kind of thinking, you know, maybe post-WrestleMania, Joe will pop up on SmackDown and go yeah. after Roman Reigns and, you know, insert him right into the title picture and stuff like that. But yeah, man, Samoa Joe has been a great asset to WWE on the on the broadcast side. Like, he really added a lot of stuff to the Raw commentary team. He really freshened that team up, and I think it's going... I, I, I think it would... I, I think it would have did um, add non-vert some, some good if he would have had Samoa Joe uh, bad side for commentary. Uh, I think Byron and Corey are going to do a good job. But Samoa Joe just like dude, he 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 is like very, like he's one of those dudes you could plug everywhere. Obviously in the ring, but he he really showed out. Uh, you know, since he started doing commentary, and I, I think Samoa Joe can still go in the ring. Like I saw people like calling like you know trying to say, oh man, he you know he's injury prone and you know he can't stay healthy. And I mean he has some unfortunate injuries, but the the concussion that he had, the the, the latest one wasn't even his fault. It like happened at a production shoot. Because he was, he just wanted to do the commercial himself instead of having a stunt person do it, and you know that's it's just just a mishap. But I think Samoa Joe can still go in the ring. I think a lot of people thought he should have been WWE champion. I do think too. I think he should have beat uh, Brock Lesnar that year at the uh, what was that the, yeah. the, the Great Balls of Fire pay per view. Definitely thought he should have won that. Um, but yeah, man, Samoa Joe, like I, I I can see him going anywhere. Like I can see him starting a podcast. I can see him, you know, just you know maybe like. like like he he he's already solidified himself as one of the best 
to ever do it. So, I mean, if he if he doesn't come back, then I don't think anybody's going to be like, you know, he, like he had a hell of a career, bro. And if he yeah. if he wants to keep going, I'm pretty sure there's going to be people knocking on his door from every which way forward. And I, I remember um, real quick, Joe Coff had did an interview on the R.O.A. Strong podcast, and he said the idea has already been tossed out there and, you know, kind of heavily discussed of having a Ring of Honor Hall of Fame. And I was like, if there's anybody other than <laughs> Brian Danielson that that deserves to be in that Hall of Fame, bro, it's, it's Samoa Joe. Yeah, it'll be one of the first ones if they do make that decision. But, you know, to your point, we have to remember, too, like, Samoa Joe's 42. Like, I mean, again, mm. Ed- Edge and Christian are 47. Like, that's the thing I-, I kept saying during WrestleMania. It's like, you look at Edge, I'm like, that guy's 47. Christian's 47. Um, and we're seeing kind of what they're doing. Like, he's, Samoa Joe's only 42. And I think, like you said, if there are injuries, and it's a situation where maybe he just simply can't return to the ring or doesn't want to return to the ring at this time, there are so many other ways that he could be used by a variety of companies. Um, and as we'll talk about most of these, I think uh, Dave Meltzer reported that pretty much all the talent that are released um, do have the 90 day no compete. So obviously mm-hmm. it would be July 14th. I think that's, yeah, be July 14th for when they would actually be able to, you know, sign with a company uh, debut somewhere else. So that's something to keep in mind with these, but I mean, Andrew, we have to we have to say this. I mean, Samoa Joe in AEW feels like one of those yes. uh, the most natural fit you yes. could ever see. Um, <laughs> uh, just just based on the roster, based on what you could do with him, and that's what I said, and, and that's why I find it very head scratching. In that, if this was a case, which we'll we'll know more details. This is how it always works. We'll find out more details in the days to come. But if it was a case of WWE just saying, "Hey, we just don't really have a spot for this guy right now." I look up and say, okay, even if he doesn't wrestle, let's say he goes to AEW and he doesn't wrestle, um, you're telling me they couldn't find a spot for him on commentary, they couldn't find a spot for him as a manager, um, anything like that. Like, there are so many different things they could do with him uh, to where I I feel like that's just a complete no-brainer. You know, and as we'll discuss, too, we've we've said this a lot lately, and you've seen some criticism where AEW goes out and just picks up people from WWE, and all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, well, this is TNA and all this other stuff. I, I think it's mm-hmm. a little different, and I especially think in this case, again, someone who's 42 years old and really one of the best in the business in terms of what he can do on the mic, what he could offer, I think, and we're going to probably draw that parallel to someone like Mickey James here in a second, but mm-hmm. think about what Samoa Joe could offer to a younger roster um, like that of AEW. So. Right. Hey, 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 Blake, I got to ask you, who, who who gets the interview first, uh, Jericho or Renee? <laughs> that's that's a great point, isn't it, right? You, you were talking about starting podcasts. I was like, oh, man, don't give Conrad any more ideas. I'm I'm already transcribing every podcast that Conrad does for uh, 411. But, but no, in all seriousness, you're right. Is it going to be Jericho or Renee? Okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to... I'm not. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go Renee. I think Renee gets it first. Um, I, I definitely think Renee is going to get the Samoa Joe. I think she's going to get yeah. Billy and Payton yeah. for sure. Uh, I, I I I think she might get Mickey. I, I think Renee might do a clean sweep. She might. I, I, I think Renee might do. Hey, a and I was going to say, like, listen, if you haven't listened to Renee's like podcast, the, the Oral Session Spot, like, she does a really good job. I think you know it's it's not easy to transition. Like, and look, we know she was someone who. Um, was in a you know a speaking role on WWE TV and all that, but she's always been someone I think naturally to have like conversations. That's why I thought that you talk about WWE and not being able to use someone maybe to a certain degree. Like it just felt like there was so much more there with her too in terms of what you know the capabilities with her. But her conversations on there are so fascinating sometimes, and I think I'm with you. Like I would love to see her make a make a sweep of all these people maybe because I think she would get some pretty good stuff out of them. So. I think the thing with Renee and her interviews are is that the people that she brings on, for the most part, nine times out of ten or eight times out of ten, she already has like a previously right. established relationship with them. So it's like it makes it easier to just let that, that conversation flow and like because they already that 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 comfortability is already set. So it's like it's easier yeah. to just make it flow. Like she's she's really like really talented, bro. Like I, I like listening to her interviews a lot. Yeah, she's fantastic. I would highly recommend anyone who hasn't maybe listened to him. I think she's up to probably, what, 30 episodes or so now of her podcast. She's had a lot of great interviews. Uh, but, yeah, be sure to check those out. And as we said, I, I have no doubt she's going to have some of these people mm-hmm. on. I don't, I don't know how many it's going to be, but she's going to have some <laughs> of them on, I guarantee you. Um, let's talk about Mickey for a second, then we'll get to yeah, um I mean, Mickey, and I, I think you put this on Twitter, Andrew. I was scrolling through the Twitter feed. You talked about how someone like her could really be an asset for, I mean, really any of these companies when you think about it, right? Because she's a veteran 
women's wrestler. I mean, we always, I mean, look at the women's divisions. We, we've, that's all we've talked about recently, just how they're improving in pretty much every company. Um, you see all these different options. And I think for her, she's one, which like we'll talk about with most of these people, she's going to have no shortage of options just because she is a veteran. And I think we talk about wanting to learn under someone. I mean, what could Mickey James teach so many of these younger women stars? I mean, in some of these companies. Yeah, bro. Can you imagine? Like, and, and I know, you know, we 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 just literally just said it. Not everybody can go to AEW, but like when you look at their women's division and the the constant talk you've heard Beer Baker talk about it publicly, plenty of uh, other talents in the division have talked about it. How the division is, you know, they're growing. You know, it's young and they're they're getting established, and that's why they, you know, they starting to see they 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 starting to come out more, man. And I'm I'm specifically referring to the um the Jay Cargill and uh Red Velvet match. Like I'm. Yeah. They 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 got two they they got two future stars on their hands with Red Velvet and Jay Cargill. But like, can you imagine if Mickey James was able to bring her twenty years in the business to that locker room? Like, she can add a hell of a lot, and and not even just from the mental standpoint, bro. People act like Mickey James still can't go. Like, <laughs> right. like, where, where, like where, where does this come from? Like, <laughs> like I, I think WWE they 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 kind of did like a miss. Like, I, I think when she came to NXT when she came back in twenty sixteen, I think that was the the perfect re-debut for her. Like, have her come back, face Oscar, and then, like, she, you know, she went and got called up and did the thing with Alexa Bliss. But it was always, they positioned Mickey James as kind of like the the the, the side person. Like, she was yeah. never, uh, she she was always somebody's sidekick or somebody's manager. And I'm like, dude, Mickey James can still go in the ring. Like, y'all, like, wasting her years when she could be out there doing this and doing that. Like, it was, I remember he was even at one point when she started um feuding with Alexa Bliss for the Raw Miss title. I was like, and they main event of the show, I was like, they need to put the title on Mickey. Like yeah. the crowd would go crazy for, it. and and like I'm I'm looking at Impact's women's division. M- Mickey can be a great asset there. Jazz is on her way out. Right. And maybe you maybe you insert Mickey right back into that spot that Jazz was in. Veteran can go in the ring. You maybe should chase out the title too. Like it, it, the the options are endless. But like like we said uh, off air, the ROH Women's World Championship tournament. Mickey James, like she has a wealth of experience, bro. That a lot of people in the business, male or female, do not have. Twenty years been multi-time champion in TNA, been on the independence, been in WWE, made it. They 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 build her as a legend. So she obviously is established. Like she done been been on WrestleMania before in women's title matches. Like, come on, man. Like she's she she's going to be a major asset. And I'm pretty sure there won't be a, a you know a shortage of people uh knocking on her door. Uh and, and and then at that, you know, she can always, you know, head to the NWA, I'm sure. Right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's always going to be an option. Yes. So, like, yeah, M- 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 Mickey is, she she's stamped in, bro. Like, she will be, like, ha- half of these people on this list, like, I'm not even, like, truly, honestly, like, worried about. Like, I think they would be, like, completely, like, completely fine post-WWE. <laughs> yeah, and that's what you brought up a good point I was going to say. I mean, like, with, with Dick Aldis, obviously, you know, with the connection there, like, she's not going to have short of a shortage of options in terms of all the possibilities. Like it may be something where she doesn't want to go to one place. Maybe she just sort of makes, you know, this tour around different places and mm-hmm. um, has a lot of different options. Like we've seen that before, but you, you brought up another good point in that. Yes. Anytime someone loses their job, like it's, it's a, it's not good. Like you don't want to see anyone lose their job, but we've said this before for some of these people, it's probably, you know, not the worst thing in terms of some of these people maybe not being used the way they want it to be used um, or were not happy in the roles that they were in. And I think, you know, for some of these, we obviously can't tell you exactly how all these people were feeling. But I mean, for some of these stars that were released, um, it may actually wind up being a really good thing in terms of them finding a much better fit where they are able to sort of express you know, their creative ideas and all this other stuff like that seems like the theme we've always discussed uh, when it comes to AEW and all that. Um, so I'm very curious to kind of see uh, what it looks like for a lot of these different ones. And that, Andrew, we can sort of segue into Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, because I think they are the two, um, again, very surprised because, I mean, we had just seen Billy Kay. I know they they both bounced around after they broke up the Iconics, right? Like, we know that. Um, I think from the beginning, everyone said, what is the point of this? It's the WWE formula where sometimes they just break up people to break up people. Um, you can find many different scenarios. And we have another one in here with Tucker where it's like, why'd you break up Otis and Tucker? Just to break them up. Like, I feel like it's you had a draft. You have to do it. Uh, but Billy Kay and Peyton oh. Royce... 
Hey, 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 Blake, I ain't mean to cut you off, but we got some breaking news on the podcast, my Uh-oh. man. Uh-oh. What we got? Got some got some breaking news. So you you know uh, Kenny Omega versus Rich Swan for the Impact World title on April 25th, right? Yes. At Rebellion. Guess who will be on the call for that match? Who? Moro Ronaldo. Oh, wow. You're right. Look at that. So, sources have told ESPN, uh, Moro Ronaldo, one of the top broadcasters in the combat sports. Wow. Uh, he will be on the call for the Impact Wrestling title match between champion Rich Swan and challenger. Kenny Omega on the Rebellion pay-per-view card on April 25th. What do you think about that? Like, that's, um, that's, that's interesting, crazy. right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they, they, I, I think, I think Stryker and D'Lo have been doing amazing, but like, you, you can't, you can't go wrong with more. <laughs> no, not for a match like that too, right? Like we're talking about, I mean, you know, like we're talking about a match that we never really thought we'd see. I mean, this is not one that we ever expected in terms of, you know, just the whole build and, and everything that we've talked about, this crossover and everything. So, and then you're like bringing in a guy that you're associating with NXT before and you're just like, man, what a, wrestling is in a very interesting place right now, isn't it? Like you think about that and it's just like, man, we, we keep using this phrase and I know everyone's used it with the forbidden door and all that, but it's crazy, isn't it? Like how things have unfolded and, and you all these, like, think about this, Andrew, if a year ago we would have sat here and said, Kenny Omega is going to fight Rich Swan on an impact pay-per-view and mm-hmm. Marvin is going to be the one on commentary. <laughs> like, just think about that. It, it's so crazy. Yeah, I know, man. Like Moro, I I know a lot of people kind of get Moro a little flat. You know what I'm saying? Because they they don't like his commentary style. Maybe he used too many like people say he used too many pop culture references. Right. I like it. You know what I'm saying? Like he, I I like the stuff he says. I think he's very energetic. I don't like seeing like hearing bland WWE commentator A who repeats the same stuff. Like <laughs> yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's it's just like or, or like even with um. And no offense to him, but like Josh Matthews, I never found him like very enthusiastic, and the commentary was kind of. It was it was so so, but like I, I think they just you know they 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 did a, a real upgrade with D'Lo and um and Matt Striker, but Moro like I, I can only imagine the energy that he is about to bring to this empty arena for, <laughs> yeah. for this for this Kenny Omega and uh Kenny Omega and um the yeah, Rich Swan match, and you know since Moro is calling this show, and Tony Khan has confirmed that he will be in attendance at uh. Every yeah. billion, yeah. I would not be surprised. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I don't, I don't know. This is to be fact. I'm just, you know, throwing it out there. If Moro Ronaldo might be the voice behind that second TNT show that they're talking about, that's mm. hey. I'm, I'm just saying. That's I'm just saying. That's a good connection. I like it. You're thinking. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm with you. Like I think there's, and that's the thing with this whole deal, right? There's just so many possibilities, and and I, and and I think the more I I look at it. I really do feel like we're still like in the early stages of this thing and what it probably started, you know, months ago, but I I'm like, you still look at all the different things. Like you've even heard, um, you know, the bucks and all this, like what they said on dynamite, like everything sort of, you know, surprises are still coming, all this other stuff. And I just feel like there's so much still to work with. And, you know, it just, I don't know, like that gives you a, a an aura of excitement that we haven't necessarily had in a long time. And I think that was the big thing when this, you know, crossover started between those two companies in particular, but obviously we've seen it expand further too. Um, but it's just like, I mean, look, it's the Jericho thing on Broken Skull Sessions too, right? It's just, I right. mean, this is just a wild, wild <laughs> West, really. I mean, when you think about it, like, it's just, it's so wild, all these different dynamics that are in play. But um, I'm very curious to see how that turns out because like you said with Moro, uh, calling that match i mean that that automatically gives you a different feel for the match yeah. now because it's going to be something so different i'm sad I, I i really can't wait to see how moro uh I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he hasn't lost a step at all because i mean he's obviously doing you know showtime and stuff like that and he's doing the the, the trailer box and fights with snoop dogg and, <laughs> and all right. that stuff right there man so i'm pretty sure moro is excited to be back in wrestling like he always said uh he did an interview with john actually john pollock actually uh a couple yeah. months back and he, you know, he was open about like, you know, his experience in WWE, but he, he, he never seemed like he was like fully like, oh, I would never return to wrestling. Like he, you know, he was just saying that he was focusing on what he was doing right now. And I, I think it's a, it'll bring some extra eyes to impact for people that miss Moro's voice and want to see him again. I mean, yeah. And we know WWE is a different animal, especially on commentary. Like we know kind of what the, what the system's like and you know Adnan Verk he's probably someone that's starting to try to adjust to that system and and I don't think it's going to be one that won't necessarily be easy just because you know it is a different 
feel. I mean, if you're someone like those two who have called sports before, um, it's just such a different thing because, you know, you've got the Vince McMahon aspect, you've got producers and you're like, you've just got so many different things. Um, I think that sort of go along with it. So it'll be interesting. I, I'm fired up now about that because that's going to be one of those mm-hmm. uh, where you already knew that, you know, you're already thinking about what could happen with this match and um, all of these other scenarios. But now when you add that dynamic in, uh, certainly uh, even more intriguing there. All right, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, what do you think? Uh, those were two, like we said, very surprised uh, by them, you know, getting released. Uh, one of those, as I said, I just think they broke them up just to break them up uh, and all that. I don't really know that they had a reason and clearly um, neither one of them did a whole lot uh, without the other and that's not knocking their talent. That's just kind of the WWE right. formula. We've seen that, right? So, um, I mean, again, these are two that I don't think you're going to have any shortage of options either. I, I can see Billy and Peyton. I think I think they would fit great in Impact. I, I, th- I think that would be a nice a nice suit for them. Um, I, I think they can also do a good job of playing off crowds. But I think I, I don't know. I just got a feeling like them having the free reign to do as they please as far as their characters go and kind of bounce off of each other without having to memorize anything or just like free flowing. I, I feel like they're just a natural fit. And they've always been a natural fit. Like even I think a lot of people think back to that promo that they did at the Royal Rumble 2019 uh, when, when when Billy Kay did the whole, are you, are you joking me for the first time with uh, Kathy Kelly? And that thing went all over social media. Like she's obviously, bro, like just one of the on the fly, like one, one of the great people. Like if, if, if like even at the WrestleMania delay uh, when they had that, like if, if I was, you know, in charge, I was looking at the locker room of people who I can who I can trust to go out there and entertain I'm looking at Billy and Peyton for sure. Yeah. And and honestly, bro, like e- even when they split them up, I know a lot of people immediately thought the singles thing was immediately for Peyton Royce, which it seemed like it was. But I think a lot of people really dis like, I don't want to say discount, but like um, they, they kind of slept on Billy Kay a little bit, like just her comedy skills and, you know, stuff like that. She can add a great, a great deal. I feel like they are a solid tag team and, you know, who who says they won't be, you know, traveling to independence, making the rounds, you know, you, you never know. Uh I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty sure one thing on their bucket list to do is go back home to Australia and actually see their folks, you know. <laughs> yes. I'm pretty I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that's one of the things. But yeah, man, I'm 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 excited for uh for both Billy and Peyton and I can I can only imagine uh, you know, some of the stuff that they'll be able to do, you know, once they once they finish up their ninety day non competes. See, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like this 90 day non-compete is actually can be a really good thing because yeah. like, you can refresh, like, right? If you've been in the grind of WWE specifically, I mean, we're talking about that company and knowing, of course, this past year, it's been different because you haven't been traveling and all that, but it's still, you know, there's still a lot that goes along with it. And um, I think just getting away from that sort of scenario and that grind uh, at times can be a good thing. And that's where I think that that 90 day no compete, it allows you to sort of refresh, um, you know, focus on whatever your next venture is going to be. And I think for them too, specifically, I mean, there's, there's an entertainment aspect there. And I think that's one of the things I brought up on Twitter. It's just for a sports entertainment company, how they did not sort of, or how they sort of undersold what they could do with those two from a, an entertainment standpoint. Um, they, they did it for a while, but again, the, the breakup to me, was just very, very short-sighted. Um, and it didn't do either one of them any favors in terms of, um, you know, what they were able to kind of showcase with their talents. But um, Chelsea Green, let's let's finish off the uh, the women's list here. I mean, Chelsea Green, someone who, you know, we know injury uh, played a role with her. And, um, you know, she made that debut on SmackDown, injured right after that. And, um, you know, but but someone again. You think about the connections, you know, with, with Matt Cardona and, and all that. I mean, she's she's one, I think, too, is going to be a natural fit, uh, whether that's, you know, the connections, of course, with either Britt Baker or Deanna Perrazzo or, you know, the friendship there with all of them. Um, she's someone, too, that I think it's going to probably fit naturally right into one of those places and, and really, you know, have a chance to be a part of any of the, the crossover type stuff that maybe those two companies do down the road. Like, like with Chelsea... I, see, the thing is, I don't just, I don't think she just get really got a fair shake in WWE, and 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 honestly, I don't even think it was more so of a um, of a thing with WWE per se with her. I think it was just maybe like you know things just didn't work. Yeah. You know, it's just you sometimes know, it's, it's just, just bad luck. Yeah, I mean, really, yeah, that, like that's what it comes down yeah. to. Yeah. I I think that's all. It was just like bad luck. Like I think that SmackDown that she uh, debuted on, she broke her hand. Or someone broke a wrist, you know. It's just like just bad luck. And then I don't know at NXT they tried the whole thing like the Vixen thing with 
the Robert Stone and it it, it hit a little bit, but it it, was, it didn't really click. Um, I I think Chelsea can fit in a number of spots. Like she has, I I even felt like when she was when she made that appearance on Raw, like she just she she kind of stands out because she's she you know she's tall taller than the rest of some most of the women in the division. She kind of stood like um height to height with with Charlotte Flair. I think like it was it, she she just has a good on screen presence. So I, I think there could be a lot of good things to Chelsea. Of course, you know she has a story, history, and impact. Um, like when, when you when you look at where she could go, um, I, I can see her, you know, hitting the independence, you know, rack, racking it up over there. Um, like, I mean, you 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 could say AEW. You, I mean, you I think you could. Like she, I think we kind of forget Chelsea is very experienced as well. Like yeah. you know, like she's some rookie. Like she just hasn't been on TV. And I and I think that's the that's the thing when you when you consider the fact that AEW could pick up these some of these talents is that when they haven't been utilized in the ring like you can kind of get away with the whole oh x wwe person you know type stuff and even when people try to put that label on samoa joe because i know it's gonna happen somebody gonna try to say x wwe you know picking up x wwe guy like samoa joe didn't have one of the best tna runs of all time and like he wasn't going to war with kibashi and and, and, and ring of honor and putting on some of the best matches in that company's history like this dude's only career started when he was in wwe or something but um yeah man i'm they, like you know like billy and peyton uh, i think chelsea is going to uh, you know carve out a nice post wwe career for herself but who's to say that she won't get you know brought, brought back to the company at some point because obviously they didn't get a chance to like use her or you know get a chance to at least see where things went because you know she got hurt yeah, and that's that's something else too. Like, let's remember that they did release some people last year, and they did bring them back for some. Um, we don't necessarily know if that's going to be the case for these, but um, that was something that at least they they did entertain, I guess, a little bit last year. Um, you know, maybe in, in different roles, but they did bring some of the people back for spots on TV and, and that kind of stuff. So um, that's something else. But but I think, like we said, she, I mean, you know, being. Matt Cardona connections, I think Impact, like you said, would be a great spot for her. Um, you know, a history there. There's a lot you could do. So um, she's someone, again, just like the others, I don't think she's going to kind of have a problem uh, finding any any spot there. Let's group these particular ones in together. And it's not to knock any of these uh, guys, but it's just sort of, um, you think about, like you said, not really having a featured role based on different circumstances. We mentioned Mojo Raleigh. I mean, I think after the whole Rob Gronkowski thing, he just didn't, you know, he's someone that I think they always, like you could see him as like a Vince McMahon guy. Like you could just, you know, for whatever reason, like you felt like at times Vince was really into him and uh, it just never got to that level. Maybe that um, they, they thought it would. He just kind of had a character that I think fit a certain role and was never going to be above that. Um, and then you look at, you know, Wesley Blake, of course, with the Forgotten Sons. That's a, well, that's an interesting dynamic when you think about um, how that whole thing's played out um, with, with them. And of course, Jackson Riker is uh, being featured uh, still in a featured role. But uh, Wesley Blake uh, and, uh, you know, Cutler, those guys now out of the company. Um, Kalisto, as we said, we've seen, I mean, you know, with him, uh, how long has Kalisto been there? Like, that was one of the things I was trying to remember. Um, I feel like Kalisto was there for probably a lot longer than I thought he was. Um, but like, he's someone too, that again, I can't say I'm shocked for him. And then Tucker, as we said, the whole Otis and Tucker thing, um, whenever they split, it was clear right away. I mean, literally right after they made the split, like he, what he made the heel turn and then they did absolutely nothing with him. They brought him out in that generic sort of, um, I don't remember. I remember that match, but I'm trying to think of who it was against, but you immediately knew they had no plans for Tucker whatsoever. Yeah, man, T Tucker, like like you said, you can immediately tell like what the situation was immediately when they um did the split with him and Otis. I feel like I I even feel like Otis was just the star coming out of that, and Tucker yeah. just didn't you know he he just didn't have a chance. And you know I I don't I don't really understand why they broke up Heavy Machinery like because it seemed like it was just you know pointless. But I mean at the same time like maybe they just saw something in Otis that they didn't see in Tucker, and you know it's kind of obvious you know. What they saw, uh, I, I think Otis is doing kind of just fine for himself right now. But Tucker, man, like I see, I, I don't, I don't necessarily know where I see him going after this. I can't really call it. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm, pre I'm pretty sure there'll be some demand, you know, to have him on the independence, you know, because he's a, you know, that that ex WWE name does always, you know, it, it it still brings people in a little bit, like maybe not as much as it did, you know, 
maybe five or six years ago, but it, it, it still can bring a couple people in or, you know, just to, just for stuff like meet and greets and stuff like that. You just never know, like, how much attention that can draw. And Kalisto, like, the thing is, bro, Kalisto, like, I remember when he first got signed, and I remember people were, like, so amped about this dude. I, th- I forgot his his act is like what he what he what he was called before um before he signed with wwe but Kalisto was like a he was like a hot ticket i, re- I remember he that signed in 2013 i just looked it up yeah. he has been there eight years like that is that blows my mind i did not i think i think i think back i'm like all right that makes sense but eight years wow yeah that's a long time that is a long time to be with a company man but yeah Kalisto, he definitely uh, like his run in WWE, I I think he got the most out of it as he was possibly, you know, going to get. Like I I I don't think it was going to be like Rey Mysterio level type, you know, babyface under the. I don't think they ever viewed Kalisto in that light ever. I, I think he he was well, yeah, U.S. champion, tag team champion, NXT tag team champ. That that NXT tag title run he had with um, who was that? Sinkara. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 was that that was actually a very fun team. I enjoyed him and uh, Sinkara a lot. I, I can't remember which one it was. They that. had some good but, matches. What, yeah. what, was that Caristico or was that Hunico? Um, I, I think it was Hunico. Yeah, I, I, may have been. Yeah, I think it was Hunico. But um, yeah, the, him him and Sinkara they had a good tag title run. I think I think they kind of got the most out of Kalisto to be honest with you. Like I think the only thing like left was to like stick him on two or five live, and then like, I guess just have him you know ride it out there. Yeah. Um. But with the Mojo Riley, I know he was doing like some charity work. Like he was doing like a lot of, like, kind of like in a Titus O'Neil role a little bit. Like you know, doing all the special events, representing WWE at these, you know, char- charitable stuff like that. He he was doing a lot of that stuff. And I know he hasn't wrestled since uh, June of 2020. And like um, yeah, yeah, like you said, just with the you know after the Rob Gronkowski thing, it was kind of like ah, you know, it's whatever. Yeah. Like mo- mo- I don't think Mojo ever really got the chance to like. I don't th- I don't I just don't think he clicked like in. Most so, I, I I'm not gonna take a jab at his in ring skills or nothing like that, but I just don't think he ever just got the. Maybe he just didn't get the opportunity to like fully, you know, go in there and try to, you know, work out the kinks and stuff like that. But he yeah. never, it, it, it Mojo just never really clicked with me. Like I, I felt like it was at one point in like 2017 when and when it was him and uh Cardona on SmackDown and it was kind of like okay maybe they got some legs. And I think Cardona had like a torn. He t- he tore some in his knee or something like that, and was out of action. So yeah, that that, that seemed like the only you know, only time I was ever really into Mojo a little bit. Like I, I feel like it was done when they you remember when they put the blue paint on him. He <laughs> yes. Was, and, and, and he was staring in the mirror doing the promos. I was yes. like, what the hell is going on, bro? Like what is going on? That character yeah, that... had so many limitations. Just saying, like you, you, you were never seeing him above a certain level. And and look, there's not some guys make a living off of that. Like they stay in the yeah. same level for you. But that was just one I don't think was ever really gonna click. So and certainly without fans, right? If you're gonna play the the hype character and you have no one around to get hyped, like that's a problem too, I guess. So yeah, um, yeah. So that's kind of I guess you said that list. Um, you know, that's that's an interesting group there. As we said, I mean, we talked about like someone like Tucker. It's like we've only really seen him in a certain role so it'll be interesting to see kind of what his next movie is all right we're going to finish off with bo dallas because uh andrew bo dallas like he's someone too that you just you think of all the connections certainly uh you know the the family ties with bray wyatt and all this other stuff but bo dallas is one of those ones that, that i think back to of course he's been there for a long time but he was another one where it's like you you look at sort of the ups and downs for him like he was i, I don't know like sometimes i have to remind myself i'm like this guy really had like a very like he was really over at one point. Like people were really into this guy, you know, the Bo Leave stuff and and all this other thing. But um, you know, another one, not surprised. We haven't really seen him uh being used a lot. I think I saw one of the reports where um he was even kind of considering um, you know, not even continuing with wrestling, maybe getting into some other stuff. Um, so that's one that probably too you kind of chalk up as not very surprising just given the the limited use there. Yeah, with, with Bo, the thing was like he 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 was just like one of those guys that came up from NXT that was over and just never really flourished or really found his footing on Raw and SmackDown. Like he had like I, I see I, I think the thing with the Miz Taraj, I think that was decent and and I think it it was a way to get him and Curtis Axel on TV and it it, it did do some good because they won the Raw tag titles I think a couple times. And you know it, it 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 was good for what it was, but 
I, I don't know, but I, I think Bo's gimmick may, maybe it just didn't click all the way on the main roster, like the whole Bo Leave thing. Like it seemed like more of an act to get like attacked by a legend, right? Like like or something like that. But in NXT, it worked. It was so over. Like he then he had like one of the longest NXT title runs of all time. Like Bo Bo Dallas was um. And, and, and the thing was, like, I think people really forget how talented he is in the ring because you never saw him, like, really wrestle outside of the occasional tag match or him getting squashed by wrestler A or wrestler B. You know what I'm saying? It was just never it, it just never really got, got he, he just never really got the chance to, like, fully show what he can do in the ring uh, outside of his body of work in NXT. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. Isn't Bo Dat? How old is Bo Dat? What is he like, 30? I, I was going to quiz you on that. He is 30. Like He's I don't, 30. I think I no. would have thought he was way older than that. I don't know exactly what I would have said, but I would not have said thirty. Yeah, but Bo is young, man. Like he got years ahead of him. And I, I'm, I remember, um, I, I can't, I can't remember. I, I hate when I do this when I can't remember who reported it because I like giving people their credit. I but I remember I saw, I saw something out there when um somebody was like he was like studying for like some some type of like uh some some career after wrestling it was like a very important like position or something like that or or career choice job field that he was you know that he was looking after so yeah hopefully all that works out for him but uh i I definitely think bo still has ways to go uh in wrestling like only being 30 like come on man yeah like you 30 like you come (laughs) like that, that that's what most people peak in wrestling to be honest with you like you you got plenty 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 left to go uh, and he, 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 oh, you want to know what? I always thought that they should have always tried to pair Bo and Bray together. Yeah, like as a brother duo. Like I, I, I never understood why they, why they never went that route. I feel like it could have, it could have done, it could have done him some good to be paired with Bray and get some of that, you know, the reaction that Bray got. And I think, it, I think Bo could have really flourished, uh, kind of in that sinister, dark character, maybe. Here's I had looked it up. So Bo Dallas, and this is from the Wrestling Observer newsletter. So Meltzer reported this back in February that he and Liv Morgan, who they have a farm, they live together. Um, they started a a real estate business. So they started. So that I think was what that's the focus for him mm. is basically preparing for life after wrestling. So yeah, that was from February. So uh, apparently, mm. you know, that was already something that that he's been working on and. Um, at least according to this, um, basically he just was never like they were, they weren't even bringing him into TV tapings or anything like that, which again, not surprising. They were just probably, I guess, just paying him to pay him. And so, um, I guess that's one probably not too surprising either, just based on the fact of the, the limited usage there. But, um, Andrew, that's the group of people, at least as of right now that have been released. And of course, hopefully there are not more added to that list. Uh, but, uh, as we said, there's lots of possibilities, for those that have been released, but uh, I guess we can wrap up with what we were going to talk about originally, um, and that was just sort of the the fallout from WrestleMania. Um, what did you think overall, and maybe what are the the things that intrigued you most here uh, as we move forward? So, firstly, that uh, that Raw after WrestleMania was horrible. Oh my goodness! Um, it has to be bad. the worst. And it, <laughs> okay, let's just say this: it, it maybe it's not the worst Raw after WrestleMania ever, but. In the era where they promote yeah. the Raw after WrestleMania as such a big deal, like I think it was clearly the worst. Yeah, it, it, it was bad. I almost fell asleep <laughs> a couple times, but and, and I got a cover to show at that. But uh, from WrestleMania, like th- this is what I don't get about WWE, right? They they do some of the, they, the build to WrestleMania. I think was shit. Outside of a few, I'm a part of my language. It, it was it was bad. Outside <laughs> of uh, outside of a few a few matches, right? They they get to WrestleMania. And mo- most most of everything is good. I'm like, so, like, wh- why 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 can't you come up with like good storylines leading up to it if the end result is gonna be good? Like yeah. Rollins Rollins Cesaro thoroughly enjoyed that, and I don't know what they got planned, Blake, but I genuinely hope that they heard that reaction that Cesaro got from that crowd. Right. Like it it would be foolish. Like. If they didn't try to do something, I'm not saying they got to be at the the WrestleMania backlash show uh, next month, but I'm definitely looking at Cesaro for like a Money in the Bank or you know one of the follow up pay per views. Like he is over, he is really really over. And then you got somebody like Big E who got the massive reaction. Like I think a lot of people view Big E as that next challenger to Reigns, but I, I I I if I if I was them, I would hold off on E until we get fans back. Yeah, because I, I don't feel, I don't feel like it's gonna hit the same. If if we just do it like in the you know in the Thunderdome, I think you need people present to like 
openly root for Big E. I, I was glad to see that people were booing Roman because like that's finally the reaction that they wanted for him to get booed. And it was like actually like character boos and that we, we were tired of seeing you boos. Um, Bianca Belly and Sasha Banks, that match was amazing, dude. Yeah. Like that was that was the my, my match of the uh the the re- two night WrestleMania shows. Like that was that that was amazing. That was a special moment to see them um see 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 them kind of shed tears at the beginning. You know, it it meant a lot to me to see that. You know, two two black women yeah. headlining the WrestleMania. That was that was special. Like legit, I'm I'm happy for them as individuals that they got to have that moment, and especially seeing uh Sasha Banks smiling and stuff after um. After the match was over, I think a fan caught it, like a, a video of her when she was, you know, just looking up at Bianca holding up in the title on the ring. I think that was really cool. Says a lot about Sasha. Um, and yeah, man, B- Bianca, like, it's, dude, it, it's no way they can mess her up. It's no way. Like, she, she's too. Don't great. say that, Andrew. Don't <laughs> say that. <laughs> but but she, she's too charismatic, man. She's got too much, like, star power and she connects with a, 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 a variety of audiences. Like, she, I'm 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 going to be very attentive to how they build her because like WWE they do not have a good track. Well, let me say main roster WWE they do not have a good track record of building up babyface champions. Yeah, it is it is nine times out of ten, eight times out of ten it is never it never goes well. Even with Kofi Kingston, like the the thing that they they started they 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 started rubbing me the wrong way, Blake. Like when they came out of WrestleMania and they immediately jumped into I, I forgot who it was. It was either Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. Oh, so somebody and I'm like, dude, come on, man! Like, we need <laughs> hot, fresh opponents for Kofi. Somebody they can feed off of, and they and, and the, the crowd started turning on them because of that. And I'm like, it, we like that, that. That's why I'm. I think they should really start stacking up the right opponents in order for Bianca. Like, you know, maybe a Liv Morgan here, like maybe a you know whoever next, and then you eventually build to the Bailey title match, and then maybe you do a Sasha Banks rematch at SummerSlam. You know, you, you, you need to, like, build this stuff strategically, and I hope they do that, you know, for Bianca. And um, just looking outside the card, I, I was extremely surprised that Bobby Lashley retained. I 100% thought that Drew McIntyre was uh, going to get his moment in front of the fans, but I'm, I'm actually glad Lashley retained. But then I'm also like, why the hell would you break up to her business if he was just going to retain <laughs> right. the title? I, I thought the whole point of him, uh, you know, get, breaking up to her business was, like, further build heat on him and, and make him more out the bad guy so he eventually, you know, so the crowd would be like, oh, you broke up to her business, now you lost the title. But he ended up retaining. And then now they got Mason T-Ball running around with him. Like, I'm... <laughs> yeah, right. but that, that, that that's, like, kind of my general uh, thoughts about WrestleMania. Yeah, that I, you brought up one of the things I was going to bring up about how they they book champions who win, and, of course, babyface champions at WrestleMania. Like, you can go back to the Daniel Bryan thing, I think, at WrestleMania 30, uh, where out of that, he just, you know, that was such a huge story and he just never felt like, which, you know, the injury stuff played a role too, but um, it just, you never felt like they could capture anything close to what they did. And, you know, they immediately put him in something that people weren't necessarily interested in all the way. Um, and I think it's the same thing, like you said, with Kofi and now with Bianca, you just hope that they find the, and I mean, I say this, so like I, I was really thinking about this the other day, Andrew. WWE would be the best company in the world if you just let them have 12 pay-per-views a year and didn't do didn't do Raw and SmackDown or any other shows. Like, just do the watch the pay-per-views. If you don't watch anything else, like, you could really have a good time. Uh, but then I think you just come out of it sometimes and you see kind of what they do um, with some of these TV shows because they have all these hours to fill and it's just like the stories don't grab you. And I think that's the thing. And um, like you said, even going into WrestleMania, there were just certain things that you just weren't absolutely glued to but you knew they were going to be good matches and i think that's at least what they usually deliver on when it comes to their pay-per-views so i'm curious i mean i'm with you i think the bianca bell air thing um was the one thing for me that really stood out in terms of like she is a total star like in every possible way um i think that it, it really would like hopefully they have a actual idea of what they're going to do with her you know for the next three months although we know uh, sometimes they don't know within the next three <laughs> hours what they're going to do but uh, i uh, would hope there's some sort of direction for someone like her because that was such a huge moment and it's such a defining win in her career yeah. and i really hope that that to me and that's not to take away from anyone else we know they've got we know they've got plans for roman reigns we i have no doubt about that um you know we know they have plans probably for lashley which we've kind of saw some of that play out 
on Raw, but um, I think I really just hope that Bianca one is the one that they really have a good clear picture because um, they have you know gone back and forth a lot with some of these as you said when you have these champions who win they get their big moment but then everything kind of falls flat after that and it takes away maybe what they had already accomplished so I hope they have some sort of clear idea of where they're going with her. Yeah, one hundred percent. I I I just. I, I really hope they get it right with Bianca, man. Like, I, I really do. Like, you, you got this big moment. Like, she has all the momentum. Only thing you got to do is follow up on it with solid, consistent storylines and solid opponents to line up against her. Do not run the Sasha Banks rematch on Friday. Please no. do not, yes. do, don't do that. Please do not do that. Like, they, and, and, like, I know we're talking about Bianca right now, but I, I do want to touch on the, um, the Rhea Ripley Oscar match. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to keep it real, bro. Like, those were not good. Yeah, like, it was it, not it was, as good as I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah it, it was not good. But I also think that has something to do with, you know, the lack of, you know, of course, them the, the chemistry they have. They don't have chemistry, I don't think. And then at the same time, it's like the, the lack of live events. Because, you know, back, you know, when before pre-COVID, you know, on the, on the road to WrestleMania tours, you know, you would be working the individual that you were going to be facing at WrestleMania most of the time. And then you would be yeah. having these tag team matches and you guys would be able to fill each other out like seven weeks, you know, three, three days a week, seven days uh, for seven straight weeks uh, on the weekend, you know, before you even got to WrestleMania. So you were able to fill each other out. And, you know, I don't think the last, I think the last time we were in Oscar wrestle when Rhea was like a teenager, like when she was in Japan or something <laughs> like that. So, you know, it, it just didn't work. And then the match on Raw, it was, the, the match on Raw was worse. Like I was like, goodness gracious, yeah, bro! Bad. Like they, they 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 just don't have chemistry, and like you you know I I I I did have a comment on it, but like I've like listened to interviews before where we were talked about like you know she you know her mental health and stuff like that, bro. And I was just like, you know, I'm just, I'm just keep it, you know. I I say it on the podcast. I'm I'm right. not gonna you know tweet it because I I don't want to add to that. You know I I know I, I know wrestlers vanity search. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to add, add to that. You know, conscious stuff that she got you know going on, and I don't want to you know. So yeah. I, that's why that's why I was just I'm gonna just keep it to myself. But yeah, that, those matches were not entertaining at all. Like I and, and dude, with, with Oscar man, like I I I don't I don't get I, I don't get it. Like she <laughs> the, the the thing is Blake, you can't even really call it her her run in WWE a failure because like she's been multi time SmackDown Women's Champion, yeah. multi time Raw Women's Champion, Tag Team Champion, Money in the Bank, Royal Rumble. I think she did Elimination Chamber. Like dude, she's literally done everything. She's been at WrestleMania. Had one of the best matches at WrestleMania 34. Like she, she's literally done everything. Like you can't bit long, longest that, that NXT title run is like heralded. So like you can't even, you, you can't even really call it a failure. But it's like she's been in some of like the worst yeah. storylines. Like it's either she's neither the focus or like they just need her to get from point A to point B or point C. Like even when she was um SmackDown Women's Champion when she won the title, that that was the show that that Ronda. Uh, came and like ruined the match for Becky and yeah. and Charlotte, I think, and, and that's all everybody was. Everybody was happy for Oscar, but it was like at the same time, oh, that you know where they going with this, and then they took the title off Oscar. Um, but before that WrestleMania, and I think she was supposed to face Sonya Deville. I think a lot of people kind of wanted to see that. I wanted to see that, but um, yeah, man, I I, I don't get it with Oscar. It's like, but but at the same time, I got think about it. I'm like, she has done a lot in WWE. You can't yeah. really call it a failure, but like her her run has just not been good since she got caught up in 2017 though no and i think it's you know i I don't know what it is and i'm with you like i've always said i think she's one of the best in the world in terms of just what she can do and um it's just for whatever reason like you said it's just been so up and down and um you know you can look back to that the wrestlemania match with charlotte now that's another thing too i think about I, i wonder where like the charlotte thing factored into the match with like Rhea and oscar this year because you know she had to be factored into the plans at some point, and you know whatever reason that she was taken out of it, I don't know, but um, I think that's something too to, to think about. But yeah, you know sometimes you just you just have the chemistry that's not there, and at least we've seen that thus far. But I mean, too, I don't think they've done Rhea any any favors either. I mean that promo on Raw, I thought was just a great example of that like it was it was scripted to the T. Like everything <laughs> she said, it felt like she was just you know, and it, a lot of people pointed it out on social media, but. Like, it just felt so robotic, and that's not on her. Like, that's just on how they want to do things um, and, and present, you know, people like that. And I think it's just that's that raw emotion and that sort of raw energy you've got in NXT. You haven't gotten that thus far 
with her on the main roster. But you know what, Andrew, we could say that about so many different people that have come up over the years too. So um, I think that's definitely one of the noteworthy things uh, coming like, out. Of I, it. Like I was going to ask you, did you think, uh, did you think the original plan was, was Lacey versus Charlotte at WrestleMania? You would think so. Right. I mean, I, I guess that would have had to been in the works because they were building that up. And then, you know, you had the, the Lacey thing and, you know, she gets pregnant and good for her, but it's just like, it's one of those where you assume that was the, the case. Um, and maybe, maybe they actually had some sort of, uh, awareness that if they would have sort of shoehorned Charlotte into that match with Oscar and Rhea, I just don't think that would have went over well. Uh, because you know, for whatever reason, Charlotte has a lot of her detractors and we know that, uh, she's still one of the best they have, but it's just a matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think of, I don't think people would have liked that because that's the thing too, right? Like the Rhea and Oscar thing was a fresh matchup. Like it was like, Oh yeah, that could be really good. Like you haven't seen this and we don't, we don't say that a lot in WWE. Like we're like, mm-hmm. Oh, we see these every single week. We see the same matches three months in a row. Um, so this felt like something fresh, but like you said, it's just sort of in the execution, maybe it wasn't necessarily what we thought it would be. Yeah. But, um, well, Andrew, this has been a lot of fun, man. I know it's been a very busy day uh, for you covering everything over at Post Wrestling. Like I said, there's so much going on uh, right now. It's always hectic uh, after WrestleMania during the, that week, but especially now, uh, as we said, two years in a row on April the 15th, uh, WWE makes uh, some huge releases. But, uh, Andrew, before we hop off here, obviously the floor is yours. Uh, you guys have so much great stuff over at Post Wrestling. You also have... Uh, your Andrew Thompson uh, interviews channel on YouTube. Uh, let everybody know what you have uh, going on over there and uh, where they can find you on social media. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Uh, you know, as Blake said, uh, you can check out my YouTube channel, Andrew Thompson uh, interviews. Uh, yeah, I got some got some stuff up there. I think I got some good interviews that I think a lot of people enjoy. I try to upload some clips on the weeks when I don't have interviews posted, so you can check out some past stuff, uh, some interesting clips that I uh, from 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 past interviews that I conducted and. Um, yeah, you can check out my written work over there at postwrestling.com. Uh, be sure to check out everything on, po- on, on Post Wrestling. A lot of good uh, content from all people involved. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at ADThompson underscore underscore uh, for my, uh, my, my, my non-pro wrestling. Well, as a matter of fact, I, I do have some pro wrestling takes on there. But then you can also come and uh, see my MTV's The Challenge takes as well. That's right. Check it all out uh, over there. That's that's what you come for. That's that's what everybody wants, Andrew. So uh, don't don't sell yourself short on that. But yes, yeah, like you said, you got so many interviews up. Um, you, you've interviewed so many people. They're just a ton. Check that out. We'll link it uh, in the show notes and all that good stuff. But uh, Andrew, as always, I appreciate it and uh, look forward to catching up with you again here soon. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, Blake. It's a good time as always, man. You got it. And uh, that is Andrew Thompson. And uh, thanks as always for listening to the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. Be sure to subscribe. Any podcast app you use, just search for 411 on Wrestling. Check out everything we got going on over at 411mania.com. All our reviews, uh, our news, uh, written, live coverage, columns, all kind of stuff. Check it all out, 411mania.com. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you next time here on the 411 on Wrestling Podcast.